Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Greater Elton Church. And my name's Tim, and glad you could be here uh, with us this morning. I was in Oregon uh, last week, the, two weeks ago, uh, helping my in-laws, uh, brother-in-law and sister-in-law, uh, go through a big estate sale, and, and we moved lots of merchandise. Wow, what an experience that was. Met a lot of different people from all kinds of different nationalities at this yard sale as well. And, uh, boy, negotiating in different cultures. They handle it differently than I do, okay? And so it was really uh, an experience and enjoyed. I did some bike riding, which I haven't been on a bike in a long, long time. But I did some bike riding, got to ride real close to Portland uh, and, and see all the burbs. And the, the coffee shops are everywhere in Oregon. They're everywhere. And uh, it's cloudy for 30 minutes, and it rains for 30 minutes, and it's cloudy for 30 minutes, and it rains for 30 minutes. I can see why there's coffee shops, because if they didn't have the coffee shops, they'd kill each other. I mean, it, it's just, uh, they admit it. So I had a great time, enjoyed it. Uh, uh, came back, uh, experienced jet lag. I don't know if you've ever experienced that before, but man, for the first time, it took me several days just to get back to consciousness. I don't know what it was, uh, but it's good to be back and and I'm glad to be with you this morning. Um, uh, one thing I want to talk to you about real, before we get into this lesson, uh, and that is that we're having a camp this year uh, for the little kids, at, the primary kids at Little Prairie Bible Camp. I'm directing, and I've got several going, several people. Is there anybody here that's counseling? Would you would you stand up if you're counseling a Little Prairie? Stand up uh, and, and show everybody what who they are. Okay, good. There we go. There's a few of them. There's a few of them, okay? Uh, and uh, we're going to have a great time. I, we're going to have a super time. The, this year's theme is everything that has breath, praise the Lord. What a perfect theme for our year even. You know, I'm yours, Lord, everything I've got, everything I'm not. That, that whole idea, I'm yours, Lord. And we're going to talk about that week, about praising God when it's good and when it's bad. And it's just uh, we're going to focus on the life of David as well. And if you haven't registered your child, what, what's the, the grades again? Is it? third through fifth, I think it is, third through fifth grade. If they're going into the third grade, they can go. And if they're still in the fifth grade and they're leaving the fifth grade, they can still go this week as well. But uh, you can register online at Low Prairie Bible Camp, LPBC, I think, dot com, or something in the bulletin and in our Welcome Center. Our teens are going to be also getting away for our own camp, and that's going to be an exciting thing because we're talking about building the kingdom. And what a, what a great... Uh, a great theme for that as well. And there's information about that on our Welcome Center as well. Well, let's see. We're starting a new series. Next week, we'll be breaking from the series. We're going to start it and then break from it. Next week is Mother's Day, of course. And I'm going to be talking about how to love your mother. And I uh, hope you'll uh, join us for that. Bring your mom so she can poke you for a good hour. Are you listening to him? Are you listening? You know, my mother... I'm figuring we'll be listening probably live. I'll have her on the phone, speakerphone, and she can say something, I guess. But, uh, no, we're, uh, we're going to be doing Mother's Day next weekend. Bring your mom, and, and, um, and let's enjoy, enjoy the day. But right now we're looking at uh, this new series we're looking at called Why. And we picked that. If you look on your cover or look up on the screen, you've got that missing piece of the puzzle, because a lot of times that's what's missing, isn't it? Why? Uh, we, we understand what, and sometimes we understand how, but this word why, why are we doing this? You ever ask yourself that? It's a good question to ask occasionally. You know, it's probably the first question we learn as children. Why? 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 You ever been around a four-year-old does that to you? 
why is the sky blue? And you explain. And then why? Why? And then finally you say, because it's, that's just the way it is. Why? And <laughs> you keep going with it. And you know, you never outgrow that question if you stop and think about it. You should never outgrow that question. It's a good question to ask. Nothing sinful about it. Doesn't mean you're doubting. Even, you know, a lot of people ask why. I think Phyllis Diller one time said, uh, housework may not be, you know, uh, harmful, uh, may not kill you, but why take the chance? You know, I think that's a good, good question. Lily Tomlin, look what Lily Tomlin says. Why is, when you, why is it when we talk to God we're praying, but when God talks to us we're schizophrenic? What's that all about? George Carlin, one of my favorite comedians, says, Some people see things that are and ask why. Some people dream of things that, are never, that never were and ask why not. Some people have to go to work and don't have time for all that. Okay? It's true. I was looking on the Internet this morning and found just a lot of questions that make you go, Huh? Why? that maybe you've never asked before. I found them kind of funny. One I have found was, why do you have to put it your two cents in, but, but it's only a penny for your thoughts? Whatever happened to the other penny, you know? What if, uh, let's see, what if FedEx and UPS merged? Would they change their name to FedUp? I mean, what about that? Why? Why do people say, I slept like a baby? But when you stop and think of it, a baby gets up every two hours. doesn't make a lot of sense. If pro is the opposite of con, does that mean progress is the opposite of Congress? I mean, it's just a thought. Just a thought. Somebody give me an amen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I thought that was... Well... If quitters never win and winners never quit, then who come up with this quit while you're still ahead? Doesn't make a lot of sense. Why is it phonetic spelled the way it sounds? Some of you are thinking, isn't it? No. No. You know, it's, um, we do have a lot of questions, don't we? We never outgrow. Why? Even, even the Bible has questions like that. Even the Bible will say, why? Uh, look at this passage here. A, this is an example. David would ask why a lot. And in the book of Psalms, or I'm sorry, Job would say this. Job would say, why have you made me your target? You know, if we all know about Job, he was going through a tough time. And he asked God why. He thinks he's been made this target. He thinks God is picking on me. You know, some people, uh, it was an old joke, you know, how's it go? Uh, one time a guy asked God, you know, why? Why me? And he says, well, some people just tick me off. That's why. And Job's seriously asking God, what have I done? And you find out that God is not really the one behind it. But it's Satan behind it. You know, David asked this question in Psalm. Look, look what he says here in Psalms. He says here, why is your, my soul? He asked himself this, a why question toward himself. Why is my soul so downcast? Why am I, is it, I'm so disturbed. You ever done that where you go, why am I bothered right now? 
Why am I sad? Why is this happening to me? You probably have lots of questions like that. I do. Why is this happening now? Why me? Why not me? But, you know, we, why is this person... Why, why do people suddenly die, whether in their sleep or on the river road? Why is that happening? Why is there evil in this world? Why am I here? Why church? There's a, I mean, there's so many questions. You might think, oh, I'm probably sounding like, like a four-year-old. You know, I don't know how many times I've sounded like a four-year-old before God. But God, why is this happening now? Why did that person fall away from God? Why did this relationship abruptly end? Why doesn't someone listen? Why, why am I just ready to quit? Boy, I tell you, those, I'm sure God, just got sitting there going, man, Tim, you sound like a four-year-old. I'm sorry, but we all are still four-year-olds. We never outgrow why, do we? There's always going to be a moment, always going to be something to make us question why. And sometimes we, we have this idea there's something wrong with asking why. Like if somebody says, why did you do that? We all of a sudden get defensive, don't we? What do you mean why I did that? When they may be just asking so they can understand. And so there's this, this tension of, do I ask why? Or does it look like I'm lacking faith if I ask why? And then there's... but. But I see people in the Bible asking why. Is there something wrong with me? No. That's the way we are. That's the way you and I are. We're going to ask that question over and over and over again. And what we want, I want, I want to give you a chance right now in your communication card if you want to say something. Maybe you've got a question you'd like to ask. And I mean, it's a question you're wanting to ask God. Don't use the card to ask me a question. Use the card to ask God a question. Maybe you'd like to do that sometime during the sermon. Kind of, you know, make sure nobody's looking. Scribble it down. Because we want to take the next several weeks and try to answer, try to answer some of this, this idea of what is why. You know, I'll be honest with you guys. Uh, sometimes... Why, when you ask why, it's going to reveal some things. Asking why will help you learn some things, no doubt about it. Sometimes why is going to disappoint you because you, you might hear an answer you don't like. It's kind of like, you know, when we're kids, Dad, why do I have to do that? Because I say so. Oh, That's not what I want. Sometimes why is so frustrating. Why can't I figure this computer program out? That's a common question for me. Why can't I figure this website out? I was trying to download tickets from American Airlines to get back. And they kept clicking me over to Alaska Airlines. God, are you trying to tell me something? And I'm sitting there clicking on, what is wrong with this? And I finally figured it out. I was, we were flying back on Alaska Airlines. Weird. Going to Dallas. Okay. So we, and it was not as nice as American Airlines. You know, I, sometimes it can be frustrating. So, and sometimes, guys, think about this. Just think about this for a minute. Sometimes getting to the why can be so motivating. 
Have you ever forgot what you were, do- why you were doing something, and then you remember it, and you go, "Oh yeah," <laughs> and, you, and all of a sudden you got this second wind. You have this second wind. Why is a great question to ask, and that's what I hope we can do the next several weeks is kind of probe into this idea of what is why about and. and Hopefully get some answers. I'm not guaranteeing you're going to get all the answers. I, honestly, there's a lot of whys I have that God's just going to make me wait till I get to heaven. Maybe it's going to blow my mind so much I can't handle it, you know. And in heaven, there'll be lots of angels catching. He's about to fall. <laughs> you know, I don't know. But, but I, do, I know this, that I don't have to have every why, but I sure would like to have a, a lot of them answered. And they make a difference. So I don't want to do the next few minutes here is I heard last week you had a 20 minute lesson so I get a little extra time today and and, uh, I'm not going to do that to you why why smarty pants I'll tell you why because I'm ticked off no Uh, but I just want to talk a little bit about why should I ask this question of why what happens when I ask why well, the first thing I want you to see is when I ask why, I ask why because asking why deepens my understanding. You know, I, I, there's a passage in Isaiah that's not on your screen, not on the screen, not on, not on your notes, that where God is talking about Israel and they're getting into it. And, and, it, and things with Israel, God's people and God are not, it's not going well. And they just really have fell off the map, sort of, you might say, off the grid when it comes to the relationship with God. And it's just, there's lots of distance, lots of problems. They went through captivity. Their nation has crumbled. And kind of like that's what happens to us when we get away from God. Would you agree? We, we, things crumble. Things fall apart. Things aren't going well. And what's God say? You know, well, I told you so. No, you know, he ends up saying in, in, in Isaiah 1, he says... Can we get together and reason together? Let's get together and talk about this. Almost like God's saying, let me, ask, let me see if we could get some questions answered. Now, I think that God's, you know, I'm going to have some questions for God and you are too. But you know what? Sometimes God's going to have a question or two for you. Okay? And so you, the answer that you may be looking for, God may say, I'd like you to look for the answer I want in your life. But I just think it's so so cool that God is saying, "Can we just let's get together and discuss this? Bring your questions to me. I'll bring mine. Let's talk it over. Let's see if we can reason together." That's what I hope this series is about. It can answer some of those kinds of questions. So when I ask why, it deepens my understanding. Someone said this: millions of people saw the apple fall, but it was Isaac Newton that dared to ask why. And because he did, we understand gravity now. Makes sense. And so when I'm asking, when I'm asking why, it gives me an opportunity to find an answer. You know, the question why is found in the Bible 500 times, a little over 500 times. The word why. Jesus Look at, look at this about Jesus. What Jesus did was, he asked over 230 questions in the gospel. He asked that many questions. Now, a lot of them were others, but you know, 51 of them, over 50 of them, were why questions. And probably you can think of a few, can't you? Why do you look at your brother with a speck in his eye all the time, ignoring the plank in your own? 
Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do what I say? You guys thinking of a why question? Why do you ignore the Scriptures and follow your traditions? And probably the, the biggest why, the why that, that, my goodness, that everybody remembers is the one he had for God. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So Jesus modeled the question. He said it's okay to ask. It's okay to ask each other. It's okay to, to ask God. In fact, he encouraged his disciples to ask. In fact, and they did. If you remember, there were some questions that even the disciples would ask. Why is it that we can't cast these demons out? I mean, they asked questions. Why do you speak in parables? When is this going to happen that you're talking about? He didn't say, what a stupid question. You are stupid. Get away, you're hideous. You know, he doesn't do that. He says, okay, let me answer your questions. He even answered some of the questions with a question. <laughs> what's, what's he doing there? He says, it's good. Questions are good. I don't know if you know this or not, folks, but a lot of people think... There's a lot of people that think the Midwest is kind of set in their ways. I went to Oregon. And I'm telling you, I'm running into people on the West Coast that think we're pretty set in our ways. And we've got our minds made up and we've quit asking questions. And they believe Christians are especially guilty of this. We have that, well, God said it. Therefore, I believe it. And that we never ask why. That's a lie, isn't it? I know that because I've worked with some of you, and you're always going, why do I have to do that? Why is that so important? Why do you preach so long? When is it over? But see, that the mentality out here in our world is that Christians have got their minds made up. In fact, what they believe is we're not interested in learning anymore. Is that true? Is that true for you? Have you quit asking why? Oh, I've got it. I got, I got everything. Got it covered. Going to heaven. Thanks. Peace out. Got it. Is that really? Really? That's all you want? You, Jesus encouraged. Why did he encourage his disciples? I'll give you a hint. Why did he encourage his disciples to ask questions? Because disciples are students. And they don't stop. Even Paul said, I've yet to attain it. I haven't got it all. So here's what I do. I forget what's behind and I go to class. I strain one toward ahead. I'm focusing on attaining more, learning more. I want to ask... Guys, are you helping or hurting the image of Christianity? Are you bothering to ask anymore? Well, I didn't like the answer I got, so I don't want to even ask any more questions. I... Yet, when we ask, when we start asking why or what or what's going on here, what an opportunity we open ourselves to, to learning. Look at it says here, is it Proverbs? Is that the next slide? And look, look, this is Proverbs. This is the book of Proverbs. Solomon is speaking here. And Solomon is talking to his son. 
But at the same time, it's inspired by God. It's wisdom that's speaking. And he's really speaking to everyone here. And look what he says. He says, my son, this is wisdom speaking. This is the Lord speaking. If you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. Indeed, if you call out, look at it says there, if you call out for insight. I always thought that meant praying. I'm not saying it doesn't include that. But sometimes calling out for insight, or, or it says there, calling out for insight and for understanding, crying aloud for understanding, isn't it saying, could it, could it also include asking a question? Why not? Hey, I don't know what to do with this. Come here. Hey, what would you do about this? It's not just asking God, but maybe asking others. How do I wrestle with this? It was interesting to me. I heard a statement say, have you ever read anything outside of the Bible stuff? I'm like, huh? Well, do you read just Bible stuff? Why do you say that? What are they they trying to say? You're kind of brainwashed, Tim. You're You're not expanding your thinking. I said, well, let's see. Have you ever read this book called The Five Agreements by an Aztec philosopher? I have. I read stuff. I'm, I'm really interested in reading this book about why religion is evil. I really want to read that. Why? I want to hear the other side. And guys, if all you're reading is is this Bible stuff, and I'm, by the way, I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm anti-Bible. I read my Bible every day. I love reading my Bible. Psalms 119 we read this week. What a powerful chapter. It was yesterday. And only five of you told me your favorite verse out of 150 of you. So um, do something. Okay? <laughs> but, but it was amazing to me, you know, to hear this. I'm going, well, am I guilty of that? Am I not? Am I informed? Have I made an informed decision? Or have I just doing this because this is what I'm used to? Where did I learn this? Why do I think like this? Why do I believe this? Well, my parents believe it. My church, when I grew up in, believes it. I heard a preacher that I really liked say it. And he says, if you look for it, look at these Guys, you're not going to find the treasures of God unless you really look deeper. And sometimes it starts with a sinking the shovel of why into that soil of knowledge. And going, why is it there? Man, when you're, when it says here, look at this. I just, I love this. He goes on to say, if you look for it, it's for silver and search for it, it's for hidden treasure. And I think of those metal detectors. Beep. Beep. Beep, 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 beep. I think something's there. And I'm going to dig and see what's in there. You know, he says when you search for it like that, like hidden treasure, what happens? Then you will understand the fear of God and find the knowledge of God. Then you find your answer. Yeah, I think the Bible has got lots of answers. But if I have no questions, I'll never find them. Does that make any sense? Am am I curious is what I'm asking. Are you curious about what the Bible has to say? Or I got the basics down. God is a God. And I am not. That's all I need. Oh, there's so much more. 
There's so much more. You know, it's funny. I read, I read the scriptures again, and, and even, or the Bereans, it says in the book of Acts, search the scriptures daily to see if what Paul said was true. They checked him out. You know, I've, we've, I've wrestled. Carla and I, we put the notes together every week, and we've talked about this uh, somewhat in the elders' meetings and stuff about, should we have notes? Should we have, you can fill out notes. Uh, some people have said in some books that having notes is insulting, that it insults you to have notes. And Carla and I are like, mm, maybe, maybe, I don't know. She said last week or the week we had Easter, she said, we didn't have notes, Tim. And everybody, I saw a lot of people writing. I go, really? That's great. And then they'd hand the note, see you after church. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it was, it was just really cool, you know. And I want you to know, she puts a lot of work in the notes things. And I, I've wrestled with that. And then Carla says, well, Tim, you know, I've got all your notes. And I go back and look. I go back and look. And I check you out. And I said, Vance, I appreciate that. You should. It's not my faith that's going to make a difference in your life. It's your faith. Paul's before the King Agrippa, a Jewish king. And he's trying to explain to him what happened as he was on the road to Damascus. And he's explaining all this. And, and uh, the king is sitting there listening. And Paul says, look, king, you know this is true. The king is familiar with all this stuff. And what I'm telling you is true and reasonable. It makes sense when you stop and think about it. But see, King Agrippa's not asking why, and so it, the opportunity passes him by. And opportunities to go deeper and learn more for you and I pass us by when we quit asking questions. I think there's a lot of Christians that are afraid of questions. They're afraid they might find something out that's going to make their faith collapse like a house of cards. And yet, archaeology's digging stuff up almost every month that supports the Scriptures. So this idea, when I ask why, I can, I can get deeper understanding. Even Jesus said, ask and you'll receive. Right? Seek and you'll knock and the door will be opened. What's that talking about? Prayer? Really? Or is that just a way to live? Be a person that asks the questions. Be a person that asks God for wisdom. By the way, you ask God for wisdom, the Bible promises He'll give it to you. Yeah. But don't be afraid to ask. I don't understand this passage. I don't understand why this is happening to me. I don't like what's happening to me. And by the way, you say, oh, if I talk that way, I'll get struck dead. If you talk that way, you'll be on a list of millions of people, and some of them in the Bible, that ask the same question. God won't strike you dead. He'll teach you something. So I should ask why. Because it makes me probe. And it opens up the opportunity to learn a little bit more. Here's the second thing. Because asking why reveals my motive. Asking why as a four-year-old is different than asking why as a teenager. Would you agree? Why do I have to do that, Dad? Because if you don't feed the cat, it will die. Okay. Why do I have to do that, Dad? Because if you don't feed the cat, it'll die. So? You know, a question can reveal some motives. We just stop and think about it. It really can. Look what the Bible says about motives. 
It says here in Proverbs, A person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. You may think you've got the right motive, but God looks at it real closely. Look at this other, look at this other, in First Thessalonians. Paul is telling the church at Thessalonica, he says these words, he goes, Our purpose is to please God, not people. He alone examines the motives of our hearts. Why is God talking about this motive stuff? Why does he say, you know, I weigh the motives, I examine your motives? Because they're important to him and he wants them to be important to you. Because the motive behind your question is going to determine what kind of information you're really going to get. How you're going to interpret it. How you're going to receive it. And so motive is a big deal. You know, Jesus, in, in, in Mark chapter 2, you, some of you are familiar with this story. There's this guy, he can't walk, he's paralyzed, and his buddies are taking him to, to, to this house where they know Jesus is, and, they're, and they knock on the door, and the, oh, well, they don't knock on the door, the door's open, and people are streaming out. It's like, you know, crazy, it's crowded in there. What a wonderful problem to have at Greater Alton Church. It's so crowded, nobody else can get in. Wouldn't that be great? And so it's crowded, and they can't get to him. They're going, we've got to get you to Jesus. It's okay, guys. I just, maybe next week. No, no, we're doing it today. What do we do, Bill? i got a ladder. i got a sawzall. Let's go. And they, they dig through the, the roof, and they lower this guy that can't walk right in front of Jesus. He's going to do something now. He's got to. And it says here, look at it says, when Jesus saw their faith, whose faith? Well, the faith of the guys that dug the hole and the faith of the guy that's letting them down. He says, son, your sins are forgiven. And then he goes on, he goes on to say this. Now, some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, they're thinking this to themselves. And it's a why question. Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blasphemy. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, it says, Jesus knew it in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? You know, he's really, by the way, you look at some other translations, he's saying, why are you asking the question? That's what he's asking. Why are you asking the question? Why? Because it matters. And your question, this, and by the way, their motive behind their question wasn't good, was it? They're trying to trip him up. They're try, they're, that's critical. And he busts them out for it. What's your motive? What will be your motive in this series? And what is your motive when you start bringing your questions to God or other people? What will your motive be about? You know, what will be like this? I'm asking for, to justify. I'm asking why to justify. In other words, I want to confirm what I already believe. Is that what it's going to be about? You ever done that with the Bible? You're trying to find something that will let you do what you're wanting to do? Confirm what you're doing? Is that going to be your motive? Is that your motive when you ask? That question will reveal your motive. Your motive. Another one is, am I asking to defend? Am I looking for ammunition so I can really blow somebody away? Oh, man. That's a great passage for that guy, for that girl. Can't wait to get I'll bring it up. Or is the question I'm going to ask be about this, that I'm going to find the truth? I want to find the truth. And why is that so important? Because Jesus Christ said, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Well, it'll be about what is pleases God. What, what does God want? See, asking that question matters. Another reason, the reason you ought to ask why is because 
Asking why clarifies my purpose. We forget our purpose all the time. I don't think I'm the only person. We forget why we're doing what we're doing. There was a sign on a business that out of business, and as if somebody that worked there or somebody, the owner, scribbled with a magic marker real quick underneath it, we forgot what we were in business for. (laughs) What were we doing? I know that firsthand. On my business, we forgot what we were doing. You know, our slogan says, we clearly understand your needs. And it's about autoglass. And I was ready to change it to, I clearly understand my needs. It happens. It happens to businesses. It happens to people. Hey. Hey. It happens to churches. Huh? Yeah, it does. It happens to churches all the time. Thomas Edison in 1868, had his first patent, and he was so excited about it. It was going to change everything. It was a voting machine, and you could vote yay or nay, and he was taking it to Washington to help them, and to help them make you know, laws, and, and he thought it would really help out. So he gets the chairman of committees together, and he demonstrates the machine there in chambers and says, here's what's so cool about it. You don't have to sit there and tally up the votes and all this. You can just flip left or right. Wherever you're sitting, and it'll, it'll just make it so much easier. And the guy goes, man, that's amazing. What an amazing invention. You're a smart guy, but I can't use it. And Edison's like, what do you mean you can't use it? I mean, he's done. He goes, well, here's what the problem is. We, we pass a lot of laws, and sometimes filibustering and, and tallying all the votes and going through all that time gives us a moment and an opportunity to maybe kill a law or prevent a bad law from being passed. And this would take it away. Later in life, Thomas Edison, he would say these words. He said that, with that experience, he said, Then and there I made a vow that I would never again invent anything which was not wanted. By the way, he invented 1,100 different things and made it in the patent office. Nobody's ever rivaled Thomas Edison. But he made it early. He realized, you know, before I invent something, I better make sure it has a good purpose. So he started asking, why would I want to invent this? And he would ask it over and over and over again. You ever ask yourself, that's why am I doing this? What's the purpose of this? Guys, churches, Christians and churches forget. We forget our purpose. I've seen it happen around here. Why do we have events? Why, why do we... Hand out candy on Halloween. What's that all about? Well, we're going to see who has the coolest, biggest booth. That's why. We're going to see how many kids we can help the dentist, you know, visit. Drum up business for them. What's the purpose of that? I've had people say, you got such a friendly church. You know, do you, is that on purpose? Yeah. What, what do you mean? It's on purpose because if, if I came to church the way I really am and you said, Hey, how you doing? Good morning. What's so good about it? Some of you here have forgotten the purpose of why we get together. Oh, it's to get together. Here's the sermon. How do I know that? You stay out there and suck down coffee until, you, until the sermon starts. You forgot it's about worshiping God. I'll go in there. Hey, guys, we're about ready to start. You all look at me like, start what? You're not preaching yet. I'll be in. Got awful quiet in here. 
It used to be people would park in a such a place to leave room for guests. Now we have people leading ministries parking in the guest area. We're forgetting everything. Kind of like Hook. Remember when Shmi says, remember Robin Williams can't fly? It's like he's forgotten everything. Why do, we, why do we get together? Why do we take the Lord's Supper? You ever catch yourself singing a song and you're just singing it? You're not even thinking about the words? Why do we do what we're doing? Why am I in a ministry? Why do we have a kid's ministry? Well, to give the kids something to do while Tim preaches for an hour and a half. That's what it's about? Why do we have a teen ministry? Why do we have a campus ministry? Why do we have a young adults ministry? Well, those campus kids got to go somewhere. What an indictment. It's so easy to forget. Why don't we make a vow this morning, right now, from this day forward? You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do things with purpose and not just to do them. Not just to do them. See, when you ask why, it helps you clarify, oh, this is what I'm here to do it for. You know, look at this passage uh, in Proverbs. A discerning person keeps wisdom in view, but a fool's eyes wander to the ends of the earth. What's he saying? A guy that's a, a, a discerning person, a person who understands knows he has to keep something in his view all the time or he's not going to get anywhere. He's going to run around in circles if your eyes are wandering. What's it, how's it going in a, in a patriot? Aim small, miss small. That idea of, you know, why am I doing this? What's this all really all about? Solomon said it this way, as his search for the meaning of life, look what he says in Ecclesiastes here. He says, I saw a man who has no family, not a son, even a brother, but he continues to work very hard. He is never satisfied with what he has, and he works so hard that he never stops and asks himself, why am I working so hard? You catching it? Why don't I let myself enjoy my life? This is also very bad. (laughs) A very bad and senseless thing. And guys, it is. How tragic it is to go through life, go through the motions, and never stop and say, why am I doing this? A lot of you would change jobs if you would simply go, why do I keep doing this? I'm miserable. Some of you would go, you know, why am I knocking myself out? I've got a family at home to see. Why, why do I work so hard to impress somebody at church when there's a God in heaven that's the one I should impress who thinks I'm just amazing already? And so we go through life experiencing bad and senseless things because we want to ask Why? Why do I do this? Why do I feel this way? Why, why do we have this? Why do I provide that? So when I start asking, it, it helps me clarify my purpose. I read somewhere uh, this week of a fellow who says he asks why five times before he makes a decision. He says it's that important. Enough of that. Here's the last one. Why should I ask why? 
because asking why can motivate me. I almost said, this, here's uh, Frederick Nietzsche. I always think of Ray Nitschke. I don't know why. <laughs> you know, he was a football player for the Packers. Okay, but not Nietzsche. This is a different guy. Look what it says here. He who has a why to live for can bear almost any how. Is that true? You know it is. One of my favorite movies uh, is called 12 O'Clock High. And it's got Gregory Peck in it. He plays this general. And uh, this guy that's over the whole, it's a whole about B-17s. And a guy is remembering what, was, what happened during the war. It's after the war, and a guy goes back and starts remembering. And there's this B-17 squadron that is in England, and it's the misfit of the whole bunch. You know, you, when you do some studies about uh, the war, the first response we had in Europe was B-17s. We didn't have any soldiers on the ground yet. And these B-17s were flying over Germany and bombing their factories. And this particular outfit was losing planes right and left. People were getting killed. And they were just beat up. They had no morale. And they thought, well, it's a leadership problem. So they get rid of the commander and they come in there. And here's Gregory Peck. He's a general. And he starts giving out orders. And goes, you guys, he gets them all together, all the pilots. Listen, you're all feeling sorry for yourself. You know, you, you think you're, you're a hard luck case. You got bad luck. That's not your problem. You're not trained right. You're not being what you need to be. So I'm going to run you through some training you've never had before. We're going to get this place into shape. And then, I mean, he puts them through thing after thing after thing. And they can't stand him. They hate him. They want out. And he finds out about it. And he gets up there one meeting. because goes, I know some of you don't want me here. And you don't like me. So here's what I'm going to do. Anybody that wants to transfer on this outfit, see me in my office and off he goes. Next scene, here's Gregory Peck. He's sitting there, you know, waiting. And the door knocks. And in walks the best pilot of the whole squadron. He's going to receive the Medal of Honor for his acts of courage and valor in battle. And Gregory Peck, here's a general looking at the, a guy who's receiving the Medal of Honor going, I'm so humbled to be in the same room with you. I've heard a lot about you and you know your, your service is just amazing and wow, you're just an amazing person. And the guy kind of shuffles in and just plops down in a chair. He goes, so I was expecting all the other pilots. I didn't expect you. And he goes, well, sir, I'm representing everybody. Oh. He goes, and we want out. You mean you want out of the squadron? No. We don't want to fly anymore. We're done. What's going on? What's what? Why? I don't know. We're just done. Had it. You can train us all you want. It doesn't matter. We just. And he goes, if only we knew we were making a difference. You ever felt like that? I don't think I can go on any further. I'm just tired. I'm wiped out. I'm not ready to quit. And if you were to sit down and, you know, some of you here, if not all of you, are Medal of Honor people. If there was a Medal of Honor from heaven, some of the things that some of you have done have been so, and you're ready to quit? I'm ready to quit. I want to sit down and plop down and go, what's the point? And you know what I've learned is I'm not motivated. I've lost my why. 
And Gregory Peck sits down with this guy and he says, listen, I know we don't have enough planes. And, we, and you know, the planes are coming. More planes are coming. I don't see it. They're going to come. If we can show everybody that this is going to work. Don't you understand? Every time you fly over Germany and you're dropping these bombs on these factories, you're stopping their power and their production and their machinery, and, and it's going it's to eat away at their ability to fight back, and you're going to end up breaking their backs, and you're going to end up you're going to end up saving lots of lives, thousands upon thousands of people's lives if you just keep at it, and you see this kid who's like this go, Right. And he gets up and he leaves the office. You don't know what's going to happen. But you find out not a pilot will leave the squadron now. Because when you find your purpose, when you find out why, it's motivating. You can bear almost any how when you have a why. It says in Proverbs, the appetite of laborers works for them. Their hunger drives them on. What's he talking about? He's talking about motivation here. It's like hunger. You know, I have, nobody has to motivate me to eat. Have you noticed that? You've been around me. and I, I'm a sloppy eater. I just shove it in as fast as I can. <laughs> like I'm in a hurry. I'm hungry. I don't have to be. I'm motivated. Some of you are going to go out here in a few minutes. You're going to go have something to eat. You're motivated. Why? Because you're hungry. Your stomach's growling. There's something in the gut that's saying, Eat, Seymour. Eat. Right? And that's the way motivation is. That's the way purpose is. It's that inside in the gut that says, I've got to do it again. I've got to get back up. I've got to go after it again. Because... Because I only have one Lord. And I only have one book. And I only have one church. And I only have one world. That's what John Wesley said that kept him going. That he have just one Lord and one book and one church to love and one world to be his mission field. Have you forgotten why you're doing what you're doing? Is church about, you know, why church? Is it about me? I come in here and it's about drinking coffee and, and it's about me. Serve me, entertain me. Or is it about, it's never been about you or me. It's been about others. You ask God, what's it about? It's about me. He'd say, Tim, it's about you. It's about you, Coral. It's, a, it's about you, Bob. It's about, you know what I'm saying? It's all about everybody here. But when you ask a believer, you know what they're supposed to say? It's about Him. It's about my God. Look at it says, Isaiah says, Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. How is that? Because their hope, their purpose is in the Lord. And they're motivated. Are you motivated this morning? Are you asking why? I hope you will. Start asking why. Why do you feel the way you do? Why do you do what you do? Because what it'll do is it'll deepen your understanding. You know, you know what happens when you start asking why? It, 
It determines what you do and what you won't do, and it determines how long you'll do it. And as we start this series, just in the back of your minds, I want you to think about this. What will you do when God asks you a question and answers yours? Let's pray. Holy God, thank you for...